Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio, Safe Recovery. I'm Monica, and I'm your host. Tonight is June 28, 2011. Safe Recovery was created and designed to give us a platform to discuss and debate the problems in 12-step meetings and its culture, to uncover and stop predatory behavior and give victims a chance to speak up and speak out for themselves in a safe place. My show has evolved into a place where we can speak up and make necessary changes Uh, in the rooms, if possible, and in the world of addiction and healing. Empowerment, not powerless, is our slogan. Um, I will promote many alternatives to AA and all 12-step recovery programs, and this includes alternatives to Al-Anon. We haven't talked a lot about this on my show yet, but I think it's important for families and friends of people that wind up in the rooms. Um, So there's other things like craft within Smart Recovery, Rational Recovery, and Stanton Peel has a great book for teens called Addiction Proof Your Child. I want to put a thank you, a big thank you out to Stinkin' Thinkin', to Friend the Girl and M.A. for promoting my show uh, so much on your fabulous blog. So tonight I have uh, two very special guests that are coming on, and I want to give you a call-in number. It's 818-475-9211. 818-475-9211. I think that we're going to talk first and then take um, the uh, calls later. So we have Jimmy from Ohio and Mike from the UK. And these guys, maybe yours were the first that I saw, even before Orange Papers, uh, put a plug for Orange Papers, when I Googled stuff on YouTube and saw their videos. And so I am going to bring on... First, we're going to go to the UK and see here we got. Hi there, you're live. Hi, Monica, it's Jimmy. Hi, Jimmy, uh, how you I'm doing? A, I, I'm good, I'm good. I just have to correct you slightly. Uh, I oh. wish I was from Ohio, but uh, it's Mike that's in Ohio, and I'm in uh, I'm in the UK. Oh, okay, so you are from the UK, and then Mike is in Ohio. So yeah, is that, yeah. is this area code 508? I'm trying to see... Who, do you know his his uh, area code? I um, have no idea. You have no idea. You in the chat room? Uh, so I am going to bring. I'm going to I'm going to bring him on. Say this. Hey there, is this Mike? No, it's Gunther. Hi. Can I put you on hold and get back to you? Yes, yes, I'm okay. listening. Okay. Hi, Gunther. We'll get back to you. So, okay, here we go. I'm just trying to find the. Um, I'll see if I there. can find this. Hi. Is this Mike? Yeah, Yeah. okay, now you're on. I'm sorry. Okay. Yep. So we're all on. Oh, you're in Ohio. Yes, we're all on. All right, welcome to my show. Well, thanks for having us. You're welcome. I'm really, really happy to have you on. So I have um, maybe a question for, I know that, well, this is when my notes. Jimmy, you started it in 2005, the YouTube? That's correct, yep. Yeah. Right? And then, Mike, you joined him in 08. Correct. Okay. Um, Jimmy, you want to start with what what pushed you over the edge that you had to make videos and put them on YouTube? Well, I think the first thing that happened was that um, even before 2005, I had stumbled across the Orange Papers uh, just searching online um, and then in around 2004 
the end of 2004, I went back into uh, AA and NA. Um, and after about 10 months of being uh, in the rooms, I decided that I'd have another look at the Orange Papers just to prove him wrong. Mm-hmm. And uh, being totally honest with myself whilst reading them um, and trying to find empirical evidence to to highlight the flaws in Orange's logic, um, I was I basically failed and ended up proving him right. And I was so... I mean, it, it wasn't an instant process, you know. It wasn't like a light bulb went on. It was slowly over time. I just kept conceding on points. And then eventually I realized that, um, yeah, you know, whilst I was still sober... I wasn't particularly happy, and uh, mm-hmm. I didn't like I didn't like the way that I had basically become like everyone else, particularly the way that we spoke. You know, not I mean the meetings are bad enough, right? But the meetings right. after the meeting, the way that people spoke, it was so generic, and you could just predict how people were going to discuss what they'd be, what they had done over the weekend, or what they're going to do next, or you know, mm-hmm. as soon as someone said they felt a certain way they had this automatic response for how to deal with it, whether it was, well, I'll just do a step three and hand it over to whoever, you know. And, yeah, it was so, I'm trying to find the right word. Inhumane is not quite right, but just uh, convey about. Maybe robotic. Yeah, 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 robotic, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But, uh, yeah, and then, uh, I mean, to be honest, you know, I kind of enjoyed it a lot to begin with because it was the, I was getting quite a lot of attention much mm-hmm. more than I would get in the rooms because when you get in the rooms it's just like another face you know you could I remember being in rooms and hearing people sharing some really personal stuff and then right. it would, you know you'd, you'd move on to the next person and they'd start talking about how they'd just got a promotion at work and then mm-hmm. you know yeah and I, so after a while though with the attention came the negative attention and we got I got quite a lot of trolls and people, and unfortunately, I reacted to to that. I was quite young at the time, twenty seven, mm-hmm. twenty eight, which mm-hmm. is quite young, really. Yeah, tell. yeah, it is. So, considering how old I am now, and when, uh, how old are you now? <laughs> I like to say twenty nine and a thousand. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I'm thirty three. Oh, okay. Uh, so it wasn't a specific, like for me, I had a couple of things that sort of blew it open that made me walk into a meeting and see it really different kind of overnight, like something happened. Then, you know, I mean, I I didn't drink the Kool-Aid the whole 36 years. Mm-hmm. But it, it wasn't a specific incident that where there's somebody in your life or, but it was just, it, it one day you're sitting there and you heard it shift like, was well, it that simple for you? Na- well, now, now, you, now I'm talking about it. You know, I remember certain things. I, I remember sitting at a meeting after a meeting in a coffee shop in London, and <clears throat> people were discussing that AA was the only way, and that mm. never sat well with me. Right, right. Because I, I would always think of my friends, and, and some of my friends had got sober and clean, and they weren't in AA. But mm-hmm. I still was were very close to them, including a family member. And to hear them trashed uh, because they hadn't... In a way, people who got clean away from AA were, were, much, were seen as more threatening than those that had left and relapsed and done everything that Bill said they would do, you know, institutions, jails, death, or whatever. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think that worried me. And also, um, my sponsor told me that I should... Not, I should distance myself from my family. I think that concerned me slightly. He said what? He, I should distance myself from my family. Oh wow! And and why should you distance yourself from your family? Uh, because they weren't on a program, um, and yeah. of you see, I think I think he was worried that I was spending more time, <clears throat> not more time with them, but and uh, too much time with them compared to him. <laughs> mm-hmm, I, mean, mm-hmm. I, I want to I say that... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, just go ahead. Um, that the You have a really great voice. Are you a singer? 
Are you a musician? <laughs> I'm a mu- I, I, I'm a musician as a, as a hobby, and I used to I used to manage bands. Uh, oh, okay. But I've never. I've never thought of myself as a singer. In fact, <clears throat> I, uh, I, 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 I can't sing. Only, only if I'm trying to write music do I try and sing. Mm. But uh, I, I, thanks for the compliment. <laughs> You're welcome. I really enjoyed. Uh, in, you know, it was a long video. So for me to have listened to that most recent one where you were speaking, um, oh, you was really, yeah, it was really riveting because in the way that you know to be able to be able to sit there and keep me, you know, at my attention with you just speaking um, with those pictures in the background, there's something very captivating. And maybe it is, you know, all of your, uh, what you've been through in your experience and sort of, you're not selling anything. You're just, you know, uh, telling us your thoughts and your story, so to speak. And it was really, really great. And I was really happy to hear your voice after a couple of years of just, Seeing like the music and you know and the and the pictures sure. and the words, I was like, "What does this guy sound like, or what does he look like?" But um, I'd like to bring well, Mike on. When... Oh yeah, go ahead. Oh sorry, and then we'll bring Mike on because he's been very patient. But when I first started, I, I would just, I would they would all be like that. I'd be talking, and in fact, you could see me. I'd have a baseball cap on, oh. and I would uh, I would be talking into the camera. But I had to stop doing that because of the trolls. Mm. Wow. Well, maybe we'll talk some more. I'd like to hear more about that. I didn't know. I I never saw those videos. I guess you took those down before I found and, and was you know streaming this stuff. So, Mike, what did it for you? The same question, I guess, that you realized something was not right um, in well, AA. Just by attending um, regularly and competitively <laughs> and seeing. The, the ever-changing faces of of people in AA. Um, you, here where I live, I kept track of it for several years. Um, I live in a small town, and mm-hmm. we have about 80 newcomers a year who, who come through AA. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, early on, I began noticing they'd be there for a minute. You'd get to know them a little bit, and then they'd be gone, and then here come the next one, here come the next one. Right. And it, it just seemed like nobody was sticking around. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I did the math, and for the 80-year average that that were coming in, a year later, two, maybe three of them would still be around. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was, when I came back in, it was 1994. Uh, by 1995, a year later, a year after I came in, there were yeah. three of us still there that, that came in when I did that, that same year. Mm-hmm. Uh, a year after that, there were two of us left. Um, so in a two-year period, out of out of 81 newcomers, 79 of them had left, not knowing what all of them did. A lot of them, you know, continued to recycle back through. They'd go out and uh, uh, drink some more or catch another case or whatever happens that brings them back. But but the long-term people just, they weren't there. We, we'd pick up one or two a year, um, mm-hmm. and it, it would, and, and that, came to be where about half of the people in a meeting uh, fell. They were, they were old-timers, mm-hmm. and then, then the newcomers were ever-changing faces. And it just that didn't make sense when you read, you know, the the preface to the second edition where, you know, 50% of us come in and immediately I know. Yeah. Uh, live happily ever, happily ever after. Another 25% will relapse and come back in and live happily ever after. And then 25% more, the other 25%, they're better human beings just by virtue of their association with AA. The the rhetoric and the and the dogma didn't match the facts that I was seeing. Um, right. I always I always had a problem, a huge problem with with the powerlessness concept of it. Um, yeah. Because uh-huh. I just that just that's it, it just doesn't gel with my my personal experience or belief system. And and I also had a problem with you know, I'm a very religious person. Yeah, I wasn't always, but I had a real problem with the insistence upon the turning it over to a to a higher power, the you know that external locus of control, which I think it's it's very toxic and and very ineffective for mm-hmm. for most people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I agree. They, they I, harps on it. Right, and you knew that from the beginning. Well, you 
you see it as, you know, you re, you know they say, all, you know, all you, all you have to do is, you know, have a desire to stop drinking. Then, well, mm-hmm. yeah, but now you, now you have to admit you're powerless over alcohol and it's your life's unmanageable. And now you have to come to believe that a power greater than yourself will restore you to sanity, and it just it just keeps piling on. Um, it's it's a big bait and switch essentially. There, you know, you don't have to you don't have to believe anything, and atheists can do it, and agnostics can do it, and Muslim anybody can do it. Yeah. Where in fact it's 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 not. It's pretty it's pretty contradictory to to you know most of the major religions. Uh, it's actually pretty heretical. We did we did a video on that, and I've and I've spoken to it. Um, you know, for like mainstream Christianity, there's yeah yeah. But it, it's really a bad fit, um, and I, I'm not sure. I know there there are a lot of ministers in, involved in AA, and I'm not I'm not sure how they 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 get around that. Well, I heard that there was a spinoff that was Christian because they were really offended that um, when people you know say, well, you can make the doorknob, you know, your higher power. That they're like, no, Jesus is my, you know, that they're they're like, no, you can't. Even me, when I went, was you can't make up a religion like because like, oh, we're just going to make up what God is. I was like, like how arrogant is that? You sure, know? And you, and you hear it all the time, you know. What's that, Jimmy? Oh, yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, it's a, it's very clever what they do with the step three, well, step two and three, because what they do is they, they let you uh, call uh, your God anything, really. They put inverted commas God, but you have to believe the 12 steps. That God has to believe in the 12 steps, otherwise you can't do the program. So it's actually irrelevant <laughs> what you call God. Oh, my God, you know... I'm laughing because you know I know that I've been was in the program for so long, you know, and when I when I look at this stuff now, I go, I had problems with some of it. Like I too didn't believe in the powerlessness. I was like, what? What are you talking about powerless? Like I actually stopped on my own, and then met a guy on the beach. I had like two weeks or something, and you know he twelve stepped me, and they were like talking to me the other parts, and I was like, well, yeah, maybe I can do that. But like when I got to the third step, they were like, well, you know, you're whole life, you know, you're holding back and, you know, if you really gave, you know, everything over, you know, to the care of God is, you know, it's it just, uh, but now I read the literature and I go, I don't know, I, I, I like the joke of like, where was the Kool-Aid? Like, who was pouring it in the coffee that I didn't see this for what it was until three years ago or two years ago? Do you think ago? you just wanted to believe it? I mean, there's quite a lot of that come, came from me. I mean, I I just wanted to believe that it would work, you know. And I think because of that, I put a lot of my own doubts on the back burner. But it's um, so cringeworthy looking back at it because it's, I mean, once you read the Orange Papers or yes, go on some critical right. forum, it's just so obvious, isn't it? Yeah, it, it really is. I want to ask you, because you've been kind of at it, both of you, you know, Mike and Jimmy, um, before me, and... You know, I was thinking, thinking started in January two years ago, and my blog started a year and a half ago. That these these stories of this criminal um, behavior and the violence and the sentencing. When you were doing, you know, your discovery and making the videos, were you googling and finding uh, stuff even back then that we just weren't hearing about because nobody was posting it up on the blogs? Or is that something new my, that we're seeing? In my case, it was people I knew um, mm-hmm. personally. We really? have, um, yeah, they're the like I said, I live in a small town, right. and the judge and the parole authority routinely sentence criminals to AA as a means of either you know staying out of jail or or you know getting parole or probation, uh, and it, it's routine. They're, they're people I know. I'm talking, you know, we. Mm-hmm. Convicted rapists and and pedophiles and uh, oh my God. people I knew personally. It's not not something I, you know. And certainly when you do Google it, you find out that there's that presence um, all over. And I'm, I'm not going to say it's it's in the majority or or you know rampant, but mm-hmm. but it's there. And mm-hmm. and problem with that is the newcomer coming in, uh, the who, who's prone to you know vulnerable. Uh, yep. They don't know that because right. the 
the the old timers are, are are quick to say, you know, take care of your own side of the street, and we don't care what brought you mm-hmm. here, and and that 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 really lends itself well to to some pretty bad abuse to to the point of um, well, one one guy he was he did uh, I'm thinking ten years for rape, got out, came to AA, and and then caught another rape case shortly thereafter uh, with an AA member who you know, obviously didn't know his background or his circumstances. And this isn't something I read on the orange papers or or heard about online. This this is people I know personally. So Wow, uh, when yeah, when did that happen? When did yeah, what year? Uh let's see, initially he got out would have been probably ninety five. Mm-hmm. Uh was out maybe um uh, less than a year. And 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 wound back wound up back in for another ten years. Um, got out in 2005 and and uh, went back for for I think a theft case. Uh, and last I knew, he was out again and you know going to meetings and you know doing the doing the good AA member thing, which you know is fine if that's if that's sincere, but that's hard to say too. You know we have to look at at past performance and see what's going on, but. The the problem with all that is is the typical AA member sitting in that room with him knows none mm-hmm. of that. Right. Yeah, and how difficult would it be how difficult would it be for AA World Services just to print an extra paragraph in the pamphlet to the newcomer saying watch out for sexual predators? It wouldn't mm-hmm. be that difficult. And That's I don't right. understand why they can't do it. It might save countless uh, it might save a huge amount of suffering and pain, but for their mm-hmm. own ego, for want of a better word, they're just not willing to put anything negative. Is there, there's no warnings to anyone about any potential dangers in AA. In fact, I don't think in any of its literature does AA mention one negative thing about itself. Yeah, uh, no, those, it those doesn't. Warnings, they're not actually discouraged. Yeah, I mean, they're really uh, one of the things that when I went to one of the district meetings, I was a general service rep and was trying to get things moving and really believed that I could, you know, because I thought that the service structure worked and that, you know, everybody was going to have a group conscience and be fair and democratic. And I found literature that was written in CODA that's directly to the newcomer about, you know, people hitting on each other and... uh I spoke to somebody about Alateen, where they have to get, um, uh, you know, to be a leader now. You know, you have to get a background check. I mean, there's nothing in Al-Anon for protection, but at least Alateen put those procedures in place. And I was shocked that, you know, the resistance that I received was so huge, um, not by my group. What was their you know? excuse? Was it that they don't, they didn't want to put off the newcomers? That, that's always. It's an, oh yeah, they're going to. It's out. First of all, the first one was it's an outside issue. That's all we heard. It's an outside issue. We were like, what are you talking about? It's an outside issue. Oh, it happens. Thirteen stepping happens outside of the program, and then I met a woman that was actually being grabbed in the meeting, um, and then they said you're going to tarnish the name of AA and you're going to scare newcomers telling them that they could be raped by somebody. And I was like, well, yeah, I'm being told people are raped. We know people are being 13-stepped. And But it said, you know, I was talking to a woman who is like a, you know, she's not a delegate, but she's like an area chair and a registrar in a different area in Southern California. And when I first told them that, did they know? They have teen years of sobriety, right? I think 17 and 18. I said, do you know? And I read one of my little stories here that, so-and-so, part of his plea bargain, that he is going to be sent to an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting as part of his therapy. Like, former bank executive pleads guilty in sex case. Okay, this was in the South Bend Tribune um, on May 11, 2011. And guess where he's going to go? <laughs> sure, and that happens, that happens all day, every day, all, all over the country. So, uh, I don't think people, this is widespread people, overseas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just going to say, Mike. People have a go have a have a go at me because they say that AA in the UK is not what AA is in America, but that's not true because AA is the same wherever it is. You know, the big book is the same, the steps are the same, the traditions are the same, 
you know, mm -hmm. as Monica was saying, the group conscience protocol is the same. And in the UK, whilst we don't have, I don't know if anyone has had court slips, we do have people who go to AA or go to rehab, and most rehab is AA, mm -hmm. uh, on a prison swerve, trying to avoid going to prison. But usually, um, well, I, I don't know whether that's in conjunction with another crime, but I think most of the time those would be drug-related crimes, or uh, I'm, I'm not sure that you could get off uh, a sentence for a sexual crime by going to a rehab in this country. But I, I don't know. You know, I just don't know. Um, um, are you involved? You yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. What they don't get off, but um, as a condition of parole. Yeah. Um, when when, yeah, they're, when you, they're coming they, out they of prison. They don't get a custodial sentence. You mean, yeah. Right, they, they have to, AA is part of their parole. Yeah, that's and the same. With, oh, yeah, that's the same. Yeah, that's what I mean. Right, it's part stuff. of the, how they're going to get to not go to jail. It is. It's part of their parole. So it's. Are you um, involved in any activism to help change this? Either one of you or both of you. At that uh, level, just or change, change, just change, change AA or change the um, outside issue of courts. Uh, changing the outside, because I, I understand you're not in AA anymore, both of you, right? Correct. No. Right. So, yeah. same Although thing, you like... Could, we, could, we could say we are, right, because third tradition, but no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you want to be affiliated with people who turn their blind eye to uh, molesters who molest five-year-olds uh, in AA? Like, that's why I... Like, one of the reasons I, like, really said I'm done is when Herbert Tracy White was murdered here in Los Angeles in, uh, in November of last year. And, I, I mean, I, I may have said this before on a show, but uh, in memory of his life and who he was, I'll say it every time on a show if I feel like it, right? But, you know, he met this couple in a meeting, and they um, they robbed him. He thought they wanted help, and they, they murdered him, and they cut him up. But what, not only, you know, when I saw my husband crying, he knew the guy, uh, and uh, I went to a, my last general service meeting, that December, and I sat at a table, and I was pretty distraught. I didn't know him well, but I had met him at a Christmas party. I went to the memorial, and I said to a woman about what happened, and she said coldly, she turned to me, and she said, oh, that happens everywhere. And I said, you got to be fucking kidding me. And I got up off the table. I mean, and that was sort of one of the nails in my coffin that I don't want to be affiliated. And when I went to my home group meeting and I said, I'm leaving, and this is why. So nobody can oh, talk about me. Oh, you did that too. Me. You did that too? Yeah, I, w I went to a meeting uh, and I told, um, I, I got up and I said, I waited for the newcomer's time and I spent 10 minutes basically telling them, uh, basically reciting what Orange had said in the meeting. Oh my God, <laughs> I love it. Tell me what you said. That's so great. I just, I just, uh, I said, um, I don't believe in powerlessness. I don't think you should tell people that they're powerless over something, and and then uh, tell them that if they don't believe in a god, they're going to die. Mm -hmm. um, but the worst part of that was at the end because I had to get up and then hold hands and then do the uh, do the serenity prayer and then mm -hmm. chant, work, you know, work it because you're worth it, or whatever the whatever the slogan is. <laughs> um, yeah, and then somebody asked to speak to me outside, saying, don't don't say that sort of stuff, you know. <laughs> that was the last time I went. Wow. Did you plan it? Did you say, I'm going to go tonight and do that? I had to, because mm -hmm. I, I just felt like I had to have some closure. Yeah, thank you. And it was the biggest meeting that I went to, actually. Uh, and I knew that if I could say it in front of them, I would. I knew I believed it, you know. Right, right. Because for a year I had been parroting what, you know, I thought I should say. <laughs> mm -hmm. But sorry, I didn't mean to interject. But going back to your point, um, did you ask that woman what she was going to do about it if it happens everywhere? No, I was too upset. I, I kind of, um, I looked around the That's table shocking. and yeah, I was, I was shocked. And I got up and I, I, what I began to see is when you talked. I think there's this. Um, uh, they're shut down as a whole, as a culture, as a people, even some people that, not the women that I knew. Like, when I when I told the women in my meeting, everybody went, oh, 
oh my, like they dropped their jaw, they gasped, they, the women were crying when these girls came and talked. But these other people in this general service meeting, when you talked about a tragedy or when it talked about like a gay guy being told to take off his clothes to, you know, read his fifth step, they were like, oh, yeah, that happens. Like It was like this, oh, you know, what's bit, this kind of, what, what's the right word I'm looking for here? Um, Indifference uh, is a good one. They're numb. What what was the one? What did you say? Indifferent. Indifferent. Yeah. Indifferent towards it. Right. But they hear too many stories. Like I think it's negative. Like I, when I first was deciding that I was leaving, I didn't say, you know, this is an unhealthy place to sit, Monica, week after week. Only one meeting a week, but that this environment of these people with this like-mindedness, which I no longer believed what they believed, but the rhetoric to sit and listen to fucking Chapter 5, which half of it are lies, that you're going to listen to that shit. And I was even telling my husband, I said, it keeps people's self-esteem low. How can you sit in a room and see somebody with 20 years, 25 years, who still is not sure what they should do about an easy you know, an easy choice because you're told, call your sponsor, look, year after year, like, you're not okay, you don't really know, like, you know, I mean, it's just, when I listened to it as the months rolled by with me trying to hang in there, I was just seeing more and more, it was like just peeling away, and I, I just was like, this is insanity, these people are really unhealthy, yeah, and no one from the outside can see it. But, Monica, I just wanted to ask Mike something because I think this will interest you and your listeners. But, Mike, why, why don't you tell um, tell us about what you used to do because you used to go to meetings, didn't you, up until recently? Yeah, I'd, I'd go in and, and basically argue against uh, anything and, and everything that was said. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there'd be 40 people talking about page 449, which is now page 417, and how wonderful and <laughs> fantastic and acceptance is the key to all my problems. And, you know, right. I'd, I'd call that the most toxic piece of crap in the big book. And, right. you know, and, I, and, it, and it is. Well, it aside is. from it page is. 135, page 135, I guarantee you, has killed more alcoholics than Alcoholics Anonymous has ever saved. That's in. Yeah. That's to true. keep you from having to go look, that's the, the section on where the guy's wife was nagging him about smoking cigarettes. And, right, and, that's right. Uh, that other and, part, I hate that part, yeah. yeah and and it's, it's like, well, you know, he showed her. He went out and got drunk. That'll, that'll teach her. You know, he can do whatever he wants to do as long as he's not right. drinking. And that's right. that's really the message that's conveyed, I think, in AA. Mm-hmm. It's okay to do whatever is happening you know we're not perfect after all you know progress mm-hmm. not perfection and every other stupid slogan they have for it but mm-hmm. um they overlook just a host of bad behavior a host of unhealthy behavior and and they keep people in that spiritual kindergarten that they like to talk about um uh, you know when you're always in first grade it's okay to you know spill your 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 finger paint and and you know, talk bad and, you know, trip kids on the playground as long as you're you're doing whatever the the mission is called for, which in AA's case is go to meetings, uh, you know, talk to talk. You don't even really have to not drink if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's okay to drink yeah. and go to AA yeah, as, long as, you're, design, as right? long as you're parroting the, the party line, absolutely. Uh, and, and, you know, you can do that. People will sit there and 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 nod their head up and down while you're while you're explaining to them, you know, what you did wrong this time that made you go drink again. I've seen people do it over and over and over again. You know, I know what I did wrong. This this is what I got to do this time. I didn't do my third yeah. step right the last time. You know, just ad nauseum, um, and, and it just keeps it, it keeps people on the problem. It 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 doesn't get them to, to any real solution. AA has the same solution for any problem. Uh, that, that life may throw at you. Go to more meetings, you know, get out yeah. of yourself, mm-hmm. uh, you know, work the steps, work with others, call your sponsor, and that's it. That 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 is the solutions for, for every problem that, uh, that that people might go in there. And it, and it always gets back to what the individual is doing wrong, you know. 
you're sounds like you're feeling sorry for yourself or right. you know you're not working the program right or or whatever and it's um mm-hmm. i used to mm-hmm. I, i'd watch that newcomers would come in and, and anybody got a problem they want to talk about right and they put something out there and you know i mean something close and personal in their life and then you know you got 30 people just pouncing on it just uh you know chewing them up you know if if you weren't so selfish and self-seeking and self-centered you wouldn't have that problem on and on and on and yeah, uh, I saw it for years. You know, you know, it, 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 it's not a unique phenomenon. It happens all the time. Right, right. You want to say something to me? You know, I'd like to ask people who recommend AA, particularly um, professionals, because I think a lot of them recommend AA without actually doing any research. Mm-hmm. And they 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 put they they recommend AA because it might work. Yeah. But what I'd like to ask them is, well, what what about it? What what are you going to do if it doesn't work? Because what about the residual things that are left behind when people go and they just hear about step one, but they don't do a step two and three? So they leave the meeting with this new notion that they're powerless. And I think the important question to ask, really, for the 95% it doesn't work for, whatever that figure is, it's quite an important one. You know, What do you do with that information that's now in your head? You know, what do you do with the people for whom it doesn't work? Do you just ignore them? Do you just forget them? Do you wait until they've hit bottom? What do you do? Yeah, well, I think that I've already educated two therapists, my own. I sent her my 11-page letter. Now, thank God, I had a young woman help me shrink it down to three and a half pages, and I brought it to another therapist last week, and um, now she knows, and when we were all done, she actually said, you know, um, you're not the first person, Monica, who has come here and said this to me. But if all of us that are on, especially stinking thinking, gets way more hits than me, took my letter... Um, and you can reach me at makeaasafer at gmail.com. That's makeaasafer at gmail.com. And you can, or through this blog, I think through this air radio, and um, uh, and send this letter that we've now comprised to go to lay people. So it could go to your therapist, it could go to a lawyer, it could go to a parole officer, it could go to a judge, it could go to uh, Aunt Sally who's thinking of sending the 17-year-old to a fucking AA meeting. Sorry, but, you know, I get cool. to... Where here I guess on my show, but um, that we could really, you know, there is that ripple, you know, because those therapists all talk to each other, and I'm planning on going to, you know, uh, parole officers, and we have uh, anti-denial from the blog in Florida, who's made serious inroads with uh, getting the courts to send people to smart. But literally, I agree with you. I think that therapists need to know, and if either one of you want the letter. Um, you know, I'll send it to Monica, you. I want to tell you. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Have you read the article uh, "Philosophies in Conflict" about written by a therapist arguing that powerlessness is not what um, psychotherapy is about, and that it's about empowerment? I don't know if you've read that article. No, I've never. It sounds like it might be. Okay, me I'll off. send it to you after this because it's very interesting, and, and uh, I think uh, yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to see whether you've read it. That's all. No, I, now I want to tell you this because Mike mentioned something interesting about that part in the book about acceptance. And one thing kind of interesting about living in L.A. is that there was a woman with 27 years. We had a newer girl leading the meeting. She had a couple of years of sobriety going on and on about that page. And this woman said, um, I just want to FYI, you guys, like I know the man who wrote that and he used to speak a lot in the area. And you know what he said about that paragraph? He said that he is so mad that it ever got printed because it has been totally misinterpreted from what he meant. And he never meant for that to be acceptance for everything. And he has to run around and he can't do enough of it to say, that is not what I meant. So I don't know where he's at in the world of it all, but... um, uh, so, he's, he's deceased. I, I, oh, he's deceased. Okay. Um, yeah. We want to take a caller. We have a caller in the in the queue. Sounds good. Okay. Let's let's take a caller. Thank you so much for being on. Okay, we've got a caller in here. You want, you're live on air. Hey, it's Todd or Gunther, if you please. Hey, Todd. Hi. Hey, Gunther. I, I just I can't say enough how awesome you guys are. Really. Um, it was such a help to see those words jumping off the page, and, you know, how they move toward you and, and just 
the music mixed up with it, and um, it was just a deprogramming tool that I was able to use, you know, when I was struggling, because there is no formal deprogramming method available, you know, Mm -hmm. so you're left to kind of scratch and scrounge up what's on the web, Mm -hmm. and the stuff that you guys have done is, like, really easily, easy to access, and... uh, well put together and it makes such mm-hmm. good points. I did have a couple. Well, I'm of really, questions. I'm really glad you, you you've got something out of it, Gunther, because that means a lot to me. So, I'm, thank you very much for telling me. And likewise. Yeah, it, it definitely made a big uh, difference in my life. Um, I have a couple questions for you, if you don't sure. mind. Go ahead. Now there is there is going back to there is no formal deprogramming method available. Um, I guess back in the 70s, I remember seeing something on TV about how they'd grab the kids from the cults and throw them in a van and take them somewhere and kind of uh, deprogram them. Are you guys, have, have you ever seen anything like that? Mm. No, not personally. I've seen stuff like sort so similar to an intervention. Um, is it Rick Ross? Is it Mike? You know Rick Ross. Is there a forum about um, deprogramming from cults? Is it, I think his name's Rick Ross, but he had a big falling out with Orange, I think. Um, but well, yeah, I have. I have a cult. Yeah, I know. Well, I had a big row with correct. him too. <laughs> well, yeah, we I'm, obviously we obviously can't um, go kidnapping people and throwing them into vans to deprogram them from AA, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know. But a couple of old times, right? On the on the bright side, 95% of them are leaving anyway. So, uh, and 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 that's I think that's what we're geared for is the people who are anticipating leaving, having doubts, having problems with it, or people who have already left. Uh, Hopefully, you know our our experience uh, with that provides some validation for for what people in doubt are, are are going through and, and some mm-hmm. assurance that yeah you can flesh you know, take the whole hundred and sixty four pages and take the other four hundred pages of it too and just flesh it and get it out of your head and, and you can live happily ever after. Uh you're you're not powerless. You're not gonna drink if you don't you know, do exactly what they tell you and, and there is there is indeed life beyond beyond all this once uh once you make a break, and and you know, I, I I think that's critical for for anybody who's who's got a long term investment in AA. The longer mm-hmm. you stay there, harder it is to leave emotionally, yeah. um, psychologically. The, the the longer you're there, because I know I left after five months my first time through in 1981, yeah. and it took me 16 years to leave my second time through. I mean, wow. leave to where I'm not to I'm not where I'm not going back. I quit. Um, Drinking the Kool Aid, as we put it, many years ago. But I, I continued to attend AA for for a good many years after that. So, uh, yeah, that's it, it's necessary to just to let people see that 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 there is life beyond AA, and and you're not doomed to to misery and woe. Oh, what what AA does? It has the ability to kind of creep its way right into your core values and your core beliefs, and. Um, and once they get in there with this powerlessness crap and there's hundreds of other things, then it takes a lot of repetition, I think. You know, it's good to be able to click on a video and and to go through a series of videos to uh, to have that message because you, what you have to do is you have to challenge these beliefs over and over, I think. But my question to you guys is, if there was a formal method to deprogram from traumatic experiences suffered as a result of involvement with Alcoholics Anonymous, what would it look like? Good question. Oh, God, I, I think it would look like the orange papers. I think it would look like stinking thinking. I think it would look like uh, blame the Nile. Um, I, I think AA deprogramming, sorry. that's not up anymore. Uh, there used to be a site called AA deprogramming. So, um, mm. But I I, I think that's what that's what it looks like is is all these things. Gunther, I think I think basically like a lot of problems in life, it boils down to seeing the truth. 
And uh, I think Monica described it quite well earlier on. Slowly the layers come off. And I think my biggest frustration is that in order for, for us to reach people, uh, those people need to have some doubt, right? They need right. to have come found us for some reason. Mm-hmm. But I think... Um, if, like us, I mean, all of us were in AA at some point, right? We all believed in it to some right. degree, and we got out of it, and we didn't have these resources. Um, <laughs> but I think the truth, basically, is what I would describe the depro- deprogramming process as, looking at things uh, from with realistic eyes and not being deluded by Bill W.'s ramblings, basically. We have a chatter that... Uh, it happens to be my husband. He goes, I see you driving around town with the big blue book, and fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> it's so crazy, buddy. <laughs> oh, I, I got know, one more question, if I can. Sure. Okay. Okay, this, this, this is one. Uh, maybe you guys can give me a little bit of therapy here. <laughs> I found myself. After leaving AA, um, challenging these ideas over and over and having to deal with trolls and stuff like this, and I've been in and out of it for quite some time. I've really backed off um, recently for, for the past few months, as a matter of fact, because I found that I've been over-involved. I've, I've all, it's almost become an obsession in itself, and um, mm-hmm. my question is, how can we be sure not to get stuck in a resentment against AA and still make a difference? Well, well, Mike and I were just res- talking about this. Yeah, go ahead, Jimmy. Well, no, you, ahead, I was just going to say before we went on air, Mike and I were talking about this. So, Mike, yeah, you tell, tell Gunther what we were talking about. Hello? I'm Mike. sorry. Yeah, I think yeah. Jimmy wants you yeah, to I tell just... him what you were talking about before the show. Oh, we talked about a lot of stuff, Jimmy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. about well, us becoming uh, about us. Be- why you and I have backed off in the last couple of months, and how the work oh, that we do yeah, now, it's, we, uh, we do it because we enjoy it, and not because we are obsessed with it. But we did we did admit to each other that at one point, you know, we were kind of obsessed. You know, I mean, I didn't make a hundred videos. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't make a hundred videos because I, I, you know, in my sleep. So. Yeah, we were we were cranking videos out. To, uh, Two or three a week, and uh, you know, wrestling with the the trolls and the uh, the cyber stalkers, and and you know, I've been hacked, and um, mm. you know, my computer's been trashed, and I've had my personal information put on, uh, you know, out there in the web, and that's all. I think that's all part of that deprogramming process that that you were act, asking about. I, I think that's part of the process is is venting and arguing and. And going back and forth with uh, with people with whom we disagree, and eventually for me it it becomes very draining. But mm-hmm. eventually we we get beyond you know proving ourselves right and, and having our views heard being important to us as a part of that deprogramming process. You know today mm-hmm. um, I don't I, I know people in AA and I'm friends with people. A, a few people still in AA. I'm, I'm ex-friends with a lot more naturally, but mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. not important to me that 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 they believe me, or that they agree with me, or that that they engage in arguments with me, which I can win. It was at one time. Um, mm-hmm. it, like I said, I when think did that, that change? Of, it was gradual. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's you know some some things are are there's 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 one point in time that you can look at and say yeah this is what happened and and you know it, it changed me forever but other things other changes i think are gradual and and certainly deprogramming from uh from our aa experiences is a gradual process it doesn't you you don't wake up one morning and and say aha i've been wrong about everything for the last 10 years um it, it's a gradual thing you like i said i i saw people i saw the turnover I saw the the poor retention rates. I saw the the group speak, uh, you know, AA speak that mm-hmm. all that, and and I see even today, 
uh, people I know who are, you know, been in AA a long time, they still do it in in their normal conversation. They speak AA. Right, right. I, I can tell when I go into a like a doctor's office now, or the guy who is, you know, putting the anesthesia. My son, by just a few words, and I was like, that guy is in the program. I can just tell. Um, I want to say too, though, I have my husband to attest. He's in the chat room. That my obsession, Gunther, you know, like he could have, he would come back or I'd be sitting on the couch. She goes, oh, there she is, blogging, you know, like blogging. I'll be, I'll be right in, honey, to bed, like blogging. And I, I did have to just say, okay, like you gotta go out and ride your bike, and you gotta swim, and you gotta like turn this off and get the hell out of the house and go to the movies and go to dinner with my husband and go sing karaoke, you know, like balance. But there was a period where I was completely, as I was leaving needing, you know, and feeling, um, it, and actually was better as some of the people who left, like me, who had stayed in a long time, that once I knew that I couldn't change it from the inside and that I was going to leave, it was so much easier once I left. Like, I felt so different. It was really fast. It was just like, whoosh. And and I, I, I felt was, that way when I walked one, out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. One thing I would like to say, if it's okay, because it's quite important, is that for anyone that's just leaving AA or uh, or is still um, thinking about it, it is also important to have a look at not just what's wrong with AA, but to remember why we all went there too. Because uh, just because AA is wrong doesn't mean that everything about us is right, correct? Mm-hmm. So there are people who go, I mean, we all went to AA because we had a problem. And I think when you leave, it is important to remember that, so that there are no further, there are no problems further down the line, if that makes sense. Oh yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I think that's important. Right. I think uh, Kevin says that too. I'm in a different way, but not like, well, is everything bad in it? And I said, no. And the thing I would like to say about the retention level, like when I got sober in '75, there was a whole group of us, and a lot of them are still sober or clean because a lot of them went over to NA, but. Like there was, it was a different time. It was, and there was a large portion of that group that stayed, even if some people, you know, uh, it, it just was different. Um, but I don't see that kind of thing happening, you know. Well, now, I, or, I would submit, I would submit to you on that, Monica, that uh, the ones who stayed are the, are the ones that you noticed. Um, you know, I, I don't know. How many people came into into your home group in 1975? Uh, but the ones who stuck around were the ones that that you know became friends of yours and 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 are noticed by you. Um, no, I, I think you're right. I, I I think that when I you're absolutely right. And there were so many that came that didn't stay, and that even when I looked in my last home group here that after a while I thought, well, because I started reading on the blogs, people were doing like these percentages of like who stays and who goes, and I started realizing that, oh, my God, like the meeting is never growing. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's the same size and shrinking, like in fact, since, you know, somebody's not bringing a van full of newcomers from the rehab down the street. Um, I want to... Um, I want to thank. Uh, I don't. I don't want to say goodbye yet. We have six minutes, forty-two seconds left. Um, that uh, tonight we have on with me, um, Mike and James, Jimmy um, uh, from the UK and Mike from Ohio. And th- what is, what is the maybe one of the videos that you? What's it titled that got a tremendous amount of hits? What are a couple of some you know ones you'd like to tell us about? The real world. Uh, is Alcoholics Anonymous a cult? Mm-hmm. Um, those, I think, those are the two at the top, aren't they? Mike, you you yep. you manage yep. the comments more than I do. Yep. Real Bill Wilson gets about twice the views uh, as the next highest one. The real um, there's, no, there's no rhyme or reason though to which video does well and and which one doesn't. Um, you know, some of some of our best stuff, in my opinion, didn't get that many views. While, mm-hmm. you know, is AA a cult? Which I'm not real wild about. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's one of the most viewed videos. So I don't mm-hmm. know if it's mm-hmm. titles and tags or or whatever. Yeah. But uh, it's it's and hard it's to blame it's hard denial. To is that is that the YouTube blame denial? Blame, blame denial. Yes. Oh, blame denial. Oh, blame denial. Okay. 
It's my fault, really, because my website is blamedenial.co.uk. And then uh, when I set up the YouTube account, I closed it. So I couldn't use Blame Denial again. So when I, re- when I reopened it, I had to use Blame Denial. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Did, you, did you see my video, 12 Steppers Gone Wild? Have you seen that one? I, saw, I think I saw parts of it. Um, did you, is that when you did a phone-in? Yeah, we did. I mean, I sort of made it out of that phone into Big John in Florida. Um, I'll be making more, but uh, I, I'm so glad I documented it because, I mean, I have a whole hour. I, I really recorded the whole hour, and people who I had only met on the blog were calling in, so I got to hear their voices. You know, I think um, Mark called in and Gunther called in and Mona Lisa. It was just really uh, incredibly um, empowering. It was like, that's why I started this. I mean, this came out of that radio show. I mean, you think of all the videos that have made that you've been doing this for how many years, making these videos? Since 2005 six. it started, so six years, right? Yep. You've been making them. And finally, you know, we hear your voice. Well, I'm sorry, that I take backtrack that you did actually show your face and your base. Can I still see those on YouTube? Uh, by arrangement. <laughs> okay, maybe you'll send them to me an email. But, um, You're talking to the guy you need to talk to. <laughs> I, I did call. I just contacted Big John again and as a follow-up, and I said, can I be back on? Could we bring this, you know, back to talk about it and see what the update is and they said they would get back to me, but it it sort of gave I think everybody, including Gunther, who I don't know if you're still on the line there, he did a radio show for a while, and then when he pulled his show, I was like, I can't stop talking here. We got to have another show, you know. Um, I think it's great. I think it's great, and it's bringing people together in another way because you know, nine, whatever they say, ninety-three percent of communications nonverbal, but. When you're on the telephone, you get a bit more, don't you? You get the, the tone of the voice, the mm-hmm. expression. The, mm-hmm. So it's just bringing us that much closer together, I think. You know, and people might have heard my voice before, but I don't think they would have heard Mike's. So it's great. Right. I, uh, if I if I made uh, somebody the bloggers, I've asked them if we had like an anti or ex stepper convention, would you come? <laughs> Well, I've been. To, what would you do in L.A.? Because I've been to L.A. twice. In L.A., yeah. Like. If I made one in L.A. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you I could suppose do it I could hop across the pond. But I might come to London. My husband and I are talking about coming there. Should we look you up and have coffee? Yeah, why not? Of course. Yeah, I think we're going to come for the first time. Um, we have about two minutes left. I want to thank Gunther. Thanks, Gunther, for calling in. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And, uh, nice to talk to you, Gunther. Yeah, thank you so much for calling yes, in indeed. and all the whole. And thank you, um, thanks, Mike and Jimmy. And maybe we'll have you on again. I'm just going to keep doing this. And uh, would you like the letter? Should I send it in an email? The one I was talking about. Sure. Yeah, sure. Okay. I can. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll get it in the in the local paper for the minute that they uh, they leave it up. So sure. Do you want to say something else? Just one last thing. We have a minute and 45 seconds. Either one of you or both of you want to say something to the... I just want to say thanks for having me. Of course, I'd love to come on again. And also, I'm very grateful that you moved the time um, because it's (laughs) very early in here. So thanks, Monica, and you're doing a great job. And also, I'd like to thank um, Friend the Girl as well, Friend the Girl, because I forgot to mention her, but she's doing a great job as well. Yes, she really is, I I think, during the beginning. And you have anything to say, Mike? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like to thank you for moving the time, too. It's uh, almost 2 o'clock here in Ohio. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay, next time maybe we'll try a different time. But uh, <laughs> no, uh, I want to say, yeah, um, I want to, I got 60 seconds. I want to thank you if you want to stay on. But I just want to thank again Stinking Thinking, Friend the Girl, and M.A. for promoting my show all the time. I want to thank uh, Jimmy and Mike for being my guest tonight. I want to remind everybody that there's alternatives to Alcoholics Anonymous. There's Smart Recovery, Rational Recovery, Life Ring, Secular for Sobriety, Women for Sobriety, Beyond Rehab, Amy Lee Coy's book. Stephen Slate has a a site. Um, 
and a different way, and the orange papers will enlighten you, stinking thinking will give you a community, and also Stop 13 Step in AA is my blog. And I want to thank everybody for joining me tonight. There are a lot of people out there in uh, TV land, in my in chat land out there, guests. There's Sue, friend the girl, Amy Decoy. And um, we'll see you next week. I think I have um, – I forget who's on next week. They haven't confirmed. So um, we'll see who it is, and Stephen Slate will be coming on in a couple of weeks. So good night, everybody. Good night. Good night, Monica. Bye-bye. Okay. Talk to you again. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.